Waking up, the first thing was groceries and a hike if I could find it. I figure that'll give us some time to sort through our plan, maybe find some Wi-Fi and get set up. Looking around the inside of the Civic, things looked pretty set up, so I decided to start with the walk. Looking around the inside of the Civic, things looked pretty set up, so I decided to start with the walk. That let me figure the rest of the day out and start to see the area. Plus, work up an appetite for that day's cold meals. I was eager to see the new digs, and I had some granola bars and craisins for breakfast, so I headed out to look around after I arrived that morning. I took a short waterfront trail that was about six miles long, all told, once I'd done it all, and was a fun little jaunt. I took a great stroll along the Arcata Eureka waterfront, seeing many people living out of their cars under the bridge, a beautiful marsh landscape, and a new familiarity with Humboldt County in a different location. The brackish marshes held a teeming supply of cranes, other marsh creatures, and abandoned structures. Some crumbling into the marsh, bridges and outbuildings of a discarded railroad, and some recently refurbished. The informational signs along the path looked as though they may start to fall into the water at points as well. The back alley of a beautiful sort of nature. Between the dilapidation and the dreary gray winds, the landscape came vibrantly alive. Not in a loud, busy streetway, but in its own fashion. The marsh itself was mostly quiet, but for wind and a few creatures, as were those I passed, walking by themselves to a new home for the night among a strange mixture of mostly middle-aged wealthy bikers and joggers. That first day, I soaked in the beautiful storm that rolled in a stone's throat. That first day, I soaked in the beautiful storm that rolled in, a stone's throw from the ocean, but decided to wait until the next day to keep poking around and get closer. The important part, of course, being that I would be able to access the Wi-Fi to update accounts and the podcast. The internet feed is as important as the caffeine drip. A small black cup of coffee and three to four hours of high-speed Wi-Fi. Good thing I did, too. As soon as I got back to my car and refilled my water bottle from the bladder in the back, the drops began to tap on the windshield as my fingers typed directions into the nearest discount grocery. I was getting hungry. Granola bars for breakfast and the last of some snacks for lunch provided the necessary motivation to get more food. Now, in traveling, $20, $25 is usually what I spend at the grocery store for a few days. Living in such a small space, stock pantries aren't exactly an affordable luxury, and around here you really don't want to see a bear. But that doesn't mean that you're ever out of sustenance. Living on the road, it becomes surprisingly easy to eat. I'll caveat this by saying some people might disagree with my definition of eat. If you're down with a cold rice meal and hot sauce, a can of vegetable fish imitate on corn tortillas, also cold, or anything else like that, then dirtbagging may be for you. Really, though, the food itself isn't that bad. It's simply a change of perspective, and a lot of it actually tastes pretty good. You need fuel, and the bar of delicious drops precipitously. Or maybe your appetite gets better. Or maybe you just appreciate the simpler comforts that come along. Heck, many people find this camping or backpacking, especially through hikers, but it's not actually that bad. Though it may be alien, it's easier to wake up and dip freshly cut apple slices into a jar of peanut butter than it is to scramble bacon and eggs or boil water for oatmeal. 
Propane stoves exist, of course, if you want it. But to use that takes space, and interestingly enough, often draws attention. A stove to others can be a signal that you're trying to camp, which draws unwanted attention, or can be enough to make a rest stop worker ask you to head on out. But I stopped by the grocery to stock up and seal away my food, and headed out to find some Wi-Fi, settling on the all-powerful coffee shop. As I sat in a local Starbucks hogging bandwidth and trying to find a few trails, I saw one for Hamilton Trail up to Clam Beach in northern Arcata, Eureka. A chance to actually dip my toe in the ocean. My goal right now is to learn the area as well as I can. The wind, the rain, the water, and absorb as much as I can as well. The variety of landscapes within such a short range is quite incredible from desert hills to foggy redwood ocean forests to snowy mountains further up to flat areas of grassland and prairie punctuating every so often. First, though, the fierce ocean. The pre-dawn silence was wonderful as most people hadn't woken yet when I got started. The private neighborhood houses that lined small sections of the walkway every so often produced a slightly unhappy-to-see-me-looking elderly person. After a while, though, the short stretch of road became trail again and curved towards the ocean. I walked along it, watching the glimpses through the foliage, and when I got to Clam Beach, I was ready to be in instead of next to the water. About as much as a foot through on this one. October waters on the Pacific coast almost into Oregon are not the warmest. I put my right foot in, I took my right foot out, and that's about all I was about for the moment. I continued on and explored the beach, finding the standard jellyfish, broken shells, and seagulls. But what made it special was the serenity. On my time at the beach, not enough people had broken into their morning jogs yet, but there were maybe one or two out there. Walking along, there were three or four driftwood huts assembled every few hundred yards or so. Some of them had wide pieces of wooden drift with fire pits in their bases. One rotting inward seemed to support itself by sheer, intangible salt stick and gravity. As I walked by, I had no desire to stay in them. With my budget, though, they looked like an affordable beachfront ocean one-bedroom. Rental prices definitely informed why there had been so many others wandering around, from the bridge the day before, to the beach where I was at then, to wherever I went, really. Humboldt definitely has a significant amount of people moving without houses. I couldn't help imagine staring out at the water from the safety of the drifted timbers, through the gray mist that enveloped the beach that morning about simply smoking a joint from the warmth of a fire. Watch the saltwater-soaked timbers turn the flames other colors, lighting a joint from one of the carefully pulled glowing embers. Unfortunately, as I'd find out, they weren't quite the safe haven they seemed. I'd seen signs around to be careful of high water, and the marks on the side of the wood looked like they'd been recently watched, so I kept my eye out. Safely somewhere, but it definitely is on a list of things to do is make a hut out of driftwood. Somewhere this winter, get a nice campfire going out in the gray. Somewhere with the beach significantly less prone to storm surge and without a regular tide that sweeps into the living room. After practicing crane kicks on a huge chunk of redwood root I found on the beach, I turned around seeing the sandbars I'd passed earlier no longer existing. Definitely a signal that my walk on the beach had come to a close. I'd gotten a glimpse of the sky at dawn, and as I walked along the gusty coastline, it returned, warming up the landscape and provided a boost of vitamin D on the skin. 
The other half of the hike was less incredible. Walking back over the hill brought me to the edges of the unincorporated parts of a town, and less scenic, to be sure. A little under a half mile from the end, water washed over the trail and the other end of the loop was too grown over from brambles. I walked back through the neighborhood slightly disappointed, but making good time and kept a good pace. Overall, 12 miles and 6 hours. Not bad, but not great for so much flat. One step at a time, though. One into two into twelve into twenty. And pretty soon, a start to a new town, a new state, and another step on the cannabis journey. One that would keep me moving towards exactly the right people I would need to meet if I wanted to learn about growing the best natural cannabis possible and understand the tastes on my tongue.